Torah Resource presents the Rob and Caleb Show. All aboard! And now, from two sides of the same state, here they are, Rob and Caleb. What up? And shalom. Welcome to the Rob and Caleb Show. My name is Caleb Hegg. And my name isn't. Yeah, <laughs> with me as always. Caleb, I just realized something. Oh, Rob Van Hop. What's up, Rob? Your initials are CH and Hadron, Colli- uh, Hadron Collider is HC. See, ooh, it's a conspiracy. Something's going on. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just pointing out what it re- what's it really going right on. Right beneath the surface of what normal people perceive. Yeah, there you go. I'm not going to interpret it for you, I'm, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, be aware. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, what up and shalom to everyone listening out, out there. What up and shalom to the few, the very few who have made it with us to the transition over just for one week from Wednesday to Thursday. It is Thursday. It's two o'clock here on the West Coast and uh, we're having a good time. Yesterday was Yom Kippur, a very holy day, and uh, on Yom Kippur we fast, and I fasted and had a good time, and uh, yeah, what about you, Rob? Did you guys fast? Me too. I fasted, and ironically, I slowed. <laughs> I slowed way down. I took like three naps. I was, basically, I knew, because I drink coffee in the morning, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so... Tuesday, I'm like, okay, no coffee. And all I did was juice. I had like vegetable and fruit juice, fresh vegetable and fruit juice during the day. This is on Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. And then I'm like, Jenny's like, are you going to have any dinner on Tuesday night? I'm like, no. And then I went to bed pretty early. Then we we didn't have a day service. We had a night. uh, An evening service? Yeah, last night. So like coming out of Yom Kippur, we had a kind of a nice own egg and everything. But, uh, boy, it was great. I, for those who drink a lot of coffee, what I did is I, by doing that initial day up front, mm-hmm. then the second day of, of my fast from coffee was, easy. was not a big deal. And plus, I, you know, I didn't do any food or drink or anything all day. But, boy, you know, God, he, he tells us to do these things. It's just like with the Shabbat. You know, we don't know what we need, God, but God built us. He designed us. He knows what we need. And there's a reason why he has us do these things. And we don't always come into it understanding all the details. You know, we don't come into it understanding, oh, this is precisely why. He wants, you know, it's not always this rational thing. It's, it's like, you know, he just commanded it. Let's do it in a prayer of a desire to learn and to be obedient and say, Lord, teach me. Help me to understand uh, you. Draw, closer, draw me closer to you. Help me to see your face and, and know your heart. And help me to dig through this heart, this flesh, and, and, and find repentance in areas where I need to, to repent. You know, things like this. It was, it was great. Good. I, I know that last night I, at giving a, a short message, uh, I was just, Jenny's like, yeah, you were pretty exhausted. I was up there because <laughs> here we are. You know, it's funny. I, I'm kind of uh, waxing long here, I know. but Oh, you're fine. Here it is. 
you know, one of the readings was Hebrews 9, like 1 through 14. We read like Leviticus 16, you know, we read from Numbers and then the Isaiah 57 and 58, all this, just all this meaty passages. And then we read Hebrews 9 and it's got like, okay, the word covenant's not there, you know, we got first, second. And all of a sudden, my brain is like just not able to Shut keep off. up. Yeah. yeah, you know, I have, here's, you know, I have no food or water for like, well, by that time, 24 hours. And it was like, uh, Jenny's like, yeah, you were kind of slow. And I'm like, yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, it was great. It was awesome. We had great, uh, great food to celebrate, you know, the breaking of the fast. And I think the hardest part of Yom Kippur for me um, is that I have young children who obviously are not going to fast and a wife who is breastfeeding. So she's not going to fast either. And, uh, so I'm having to prepare food for my kids while I am not able to, to eat. There you go. And that's, that's difficult. So I hope that everyone's fast was light. If you, uh, and easy, if you don't know, well, first let's do this. Uh, the Robin Caleb show is brought to you by TorahResource.com. Find all kinds of free articles, books, videos, you name it. You can find it on all things messianic and Torah pursuant lifestyle. Find it at TorahResource.com or take classes from us at TorahResourceInstitute.com. At our programming desk always is Gary Springer. And of course, our website guy is Mark Randall. Yeah, and I should say Mark Randall sent me something today. I have to bring this up. I think this is, well, this is, uh, yeah. So I I tweeted, uh, I actually tweeted a couple of days ago. uh, I was building a, uh, a fire pit. In my backyard. And so I took a picture of the fire pit and I tweeted it. I said, building a fire pit for Sukkot, hoping it turns out and we can have some nice fire time during the festival. Well, uh, Randall, Mark Randall sends me uh, this thing. I have, you know, I hadn't seen uh, this, this website uh, and it's called Messy Roots, Hebrew Roots and Messianic News with a Z on the end. And the headline is breaking news. Caleb Hag builds altar in backyard <laughs> question mark altar in backyard. <laughs> this is, this is short. I got to read this. Our intrepid reporters have uncovered evidence that Caleb Hag, son of prominent Hebrew roots teacher, Tim Hag and co-host, they spelled host strong of the Robin Caleb show is pro- is possibly building an altar in his backyard under the guise that is actually a fire pit. Does he presume? Does he presume to start offering sacrifices on his own? Who made him a Cohen? Where is he getting the animals needed? Will we uncover the or we will uncover the answer to these questions as well as answers to questions we aren't even asking yet? Stay tuned as we continue continue to bring you bring you the this answers on this breaking news. Awesome. It's great. Um, and actually, I don't know if you saw this, um, but if if you go into the about page. Now there's if if you actually look on the homepage there's a bunch of different articles but and they're it's it's obviously tongue in cheek it's obviously humorous uh it's co- and on their about page it says uh, down a little ways it says uh find the most up to date news on all things Hebrew roots messianic here we might be new we might not have any experience or training in investigative reporting but as everyone knows that doesn't matter in the Hebrew roots messianic world we have a website on the internet and that means what we report must be true trust us we're the news <laughs> uh, wow well this i is, that's like uh 
that's really it's like refreshing. It's like uh, <laughs> uh, we've we've been outdone, Caleb. I guess so, man. We've uh, been outdone. I assure everyone that I'm not building an altar in my backyard, and that Aww, uh, I, I wanted to come over and for Passover, and that I didn't, uh, and that I didn't uh, sacrifice anything for uh, is, Yom Yom Kippur. But uh, is that, that going to is that going to be ready? <laughs> for Sukkot, oh yeah. Sukkot, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that's sweet, man. I didn't know you were doing that. <laughs> they have an article September 23rd insurance. Anyway, uh, I found that humorous, and thank you for sending sending that to me, uh, Mark. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, as everyone knows, the end of the world was supposed to happen yesterday, according to Jonathan Kahn. And I, I find it interesting that Jonathan Kahn is referred to as a messianic rabbi. Can someone please define the word messianic for me? Because from everything that I've seen and learned about Jonathan Kahn, he's a Christian pastor. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, you know, but it seems to me like it doesn't seem like he's. Somebody told me at a recent conference that they don't even have services on Shabbat. That their services on Sunday. So they must be defining messianic differently than than yeah, I am. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, the, the Jonathan Kahn said that the uh, that the Shemitah year, which was entered in on uh, what September thirteenth, was this doomsday, uh, this d- doomsday day, as it were, and it was going to enter in hell on earth, no, essentially. Yeah. Well, I think it was the end of the Shemitah. Was it this last year? Right. Yeah. I think this whole. Yeah, yeah. So we just ended it, and it didn't. According happen, to right? Kahn, though, that's oh, according okay. to Kahn. I mean, do we have any? Do we know for a fact that uh, that the Shemitah year was was has been saved all the way through the Babylonian exile and whatnot? Let's call him up. <laughs> I, He's I, a rabbi. I doubt that Khan wants to talk to us. We've uh, we've talked about Jonathan Khan on this show numerous could, times. Could, do you think if we opened up a a page of the Talmud, like Aramaic, like you know, like the Babylonian Talmud, like legitimate in Hebrew Aramaic text, that he would be able to read and expound upon what's what the argument is on it on that page i mean that's that's what the i think that's kind of what rabbis do i feel like he'd be like uh actually you know he does a lot in the rabbinical literature i've seen a lot of a lot of uh his messages touch on rabbinical liter- literature you know he was raised in a, in a in a jewish household he wasn't raised in a christian household oh so you know, well, maybe he maybe he did get some training in that. Yeah, I you know I'm not gonna, I can't, uh, I can't. I say wonder where he where did he did he get ordained rabbi? No, like from a no. So this is like just popular. And I'm a Jewish pastor. Just call me a rabbi, kind of thing. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, so there's this great uh, article that come that uh, is uh, that. Is all over the internet now. It's called. It's called Jonathan Kahn blows September thirteenth doomsday prophecy. Finds convenient explanation. I pulled a clip from this too. Uh, so this is what it says. After predicting the, uh, for the entire last year that the Shemitah on Sunday, September thirteenth, would usher in some cataclysmic event in America, possibly an economic crash. Uh, 
inclement. I don't, I, man, I I'm, must not know the English war, uh, language. Inclement weather, war uh, or terrorist attacks. I don't know what that word is. Messianic Rabbi Jonathan Kahn appeared on the 700 Club today to save face and sell more books after September 13th came and went without anything out of the ordinary happening. When host Pat Robertson's asked him if anything noteworthy happened on the 13th con, okay, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so then let's go down here. Of course, Khan himself uh, declared that this potential disaster would occur on exact, quote, exact date, an exact date in accordance, and this is still a quote, in accordance with the ancient mystery, end quote, of the Shemitah. A day when the land is left fallow and debts are forgiven. Quote, the coming Shemitah will end September 2015. Its final climactic day, Elul 29, the day of remission, will fall on Sunday, September 13th. End quote, he wrote in The Mystery of the Shemitah. Okay, so uh, obviously he was he was uh, saying that this was going to happen on a specific date. Uh, Khan, however, they go on. Khan, however, said that the stock market sell-off that occurred on August 18th of this year came close enough to the September 13th date to count as a fulfillment of his prophecy. Quote, You know it, what I was thinking, though? What's that? Well, because, like, there's been a bunch of Muslims being, like, killed while they make this Hajj to Mecca. Like, there was a giant crane that, like, fell in to the, to, uh, what do they call the, the big black thing they walk around? Oh, I don't know, man. In, in Mecca. So there's this giant pilgrimage that Muslims like to take. And there's a giant crane, and it, and it crashed into where they do this pilgrimage, the Hajj or whatever they call it. And then just like the other day, they were they go to this place where they, I don't know, they throw stones at devils or something. And like, like 700-something people were trampled to death. And you look in history, like it's like, these are Muslims at a religious festival trampling other Muslims to death. So maybe the maybe the blood moons and the Shemitah is a judgment against the Hajj. <laughs> Dude, what are you doing to me here? Come on, man. <laughs> okay, oh, okay, sorry. Let's get I, I back on to track. Where am I? I don't know. I need to take another sip from my to a resource mug. That's right. Okay, so um, let's listen to what uh, Khan had to say. <clears throat> um, let's listen to Khan's response. So Pat Robertson asks him, actually, it might be in the clip. I don't remember. I pulled this clip two days ago. Let's hear what he has. And the chat room is just, we don't have a whole lot of people in the chat room right now, but boy, are they chatty. I like that. Keep chatting it up, oh, it's guys. The, it's the Kaaba. That's what it is. The Kaaba. Okay. Thanks, Adam. Okay, so here we go. Um, here's Jonathan Kahn responding to on the 700 Club about why we didn't have uh, this huge, massive end of the world cataclysmic uh, disaster happen on uh, September 13th. Here we go. Listen carefully. Well, here's the okay. The last thing I said when we were here last right. week is is you know, and I've said this from the beginning is nothing has to happen at, at you can't put God in a box because yeah. he'll get out of it. You know, so so the thing is so, but so the the stock market wasn't open on Sunday, so Not you sure. can't really have a crash. <laughs> but the interesting thing is that what's happened with the shemitah. Okay, hang on just a sec. Now, Rob, come on, pay attention here, like a laser beam, bro, <laughs> like a laser beam. <laughs> Sorry, I just came up with a song. Tis the season to make a hodge. Dude, what kind of a... So we should be doing our show on Thursdays every every week. Because <laughs> the Hoff is in quite a mood. 
Okay, so the first thing I, I notice is that uh, now he says, oh, of course, the, the, the stock market didn't crash on, on uh, the 13th because it wasn't open. He didn't look forward a year ago and say, oh, look at that. The Shemitah is going to be on Sunday. The stock market can't crash. Come on. Yeah, but, the Israel, but the Israel time is different. <laughs> oh, man. Is there's several templates in the book of how the different ones have come in the last uh, 40 and 50 years. Mm-hmm. He's talking about this the mystery of the Shemitah. Has, you know, two of them have had a crash on a little 29, but the others have a different pattern, and that's what this has done. This has followed the pattern of this. The, when the Shemitahs happened, the last, the last cycles is what happened is that before the Shemitah come that last day, there's the stock market, which has been ascending. Yes. The Shemitah changes that direction and it begins descending. Right. That has happened in this one as well. Mm-hmm. This happened started at, in the summer. This is following the pattern of, of 1987 Shemitah, which is exactly, it's almost following the same trajectory. What's happened, I was just told today um, that this Shemitah of this year has wiped away $2 trillion of the U.S. stock market and $5 trillion of the, of the world oh, stock market. Yeah. So when was this? It has followed during the same thing of the... Of, during this Shemitah year. No, I mean when. Oh, okay, he's saying from from uh, Rosh Hashanah last year to Rosh Hashanah this year. That's when all this has happened. Okay, major pattern. So mm-hmm. that still happened. The other thing is, and 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 the other thing is that this period now is called the Shemitah's Wake. When sometimes you have the greatest crashes coming here, you have it in the last time. So we'll see. Mm. But it has already followed that trajectory of the general pattern. The other thing is that when we were on the air last yeah, time. Yeah. Um, we, uh, you were saying, I was saying, you know, the stock market's not open that day. I said, but the sh- word Shemitah means shaking. I said, you can also have a shaking of the earth. And mm-hmm. you said, well, what do you, do you mean earthquake on that day? I said, well, that can be. Yeah. Well, what people don't realize, on Sunday, September 13th, the day of the Shemitah, which also means shaking, an earthquake struck. There was a shaking here, and, the, and it struck the California Gulf 6.6 on the Richter scale. So we mm-hmm. said this last week, and it's not saying that, I'm not saying that's the great shaking, but that could that be a sign of something coming? But that actually happened on the day of shaking. Listen to how, listen to how vague he is. Like, I'm not saying that's exactly it, but, uh, you know, it's like, how vague can I be so that people will still believe what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, I'll still save face if it doesn't come true. So he's talking about this earthquake that hit uh, that hit the Gulf of Mexico and up into um, or not the Gulf of Mexico. I'm sorry. uh, In in California. okay. And so uh, I'm looking here at this uh, at my show notes because I have. okay. so there's an average of 50 earthquakes a day. That's right, a day in the world today, okay? And there's an average of, I mean, I got this all in front of me here, but there's an average of, uh, I forget, like four really big earthquakes in the United States, States each year. But check this out. So he's saying that all this has to do with America, right? Well, if all this has to do with America, then what about, okay, look at this. Indonesia on 924 had a 6.6. Chile had a 6.6 on the 21st. Chile had another one on the 21st. Uh, Chile had one on the 17th, uh, 6.7. Chile had another one on the 17th, 6.5. Chile had another one on at 7.0 on the 16th. The list goes on and on and on. I'm not even down to, okay, Mexico had a 6.6 on the 13th. 
And that was the same day that he's talking about. Okay. Are all these, according to Khan, are all of these nations under, are they all getting the shaking because they're under some covenant with God? Caleb, that's a mystery. <laughs> now I'm not. Uh, now we're going to hear a clip later about uh, uh, from from Zach, who tells us that uh, at the that it's proven that more destructive earthquakes are happening now than they have been before. In the past ten years, destructive earthquakes have skyrocketed. I'm not saying he's wrong. That's true. Okay, but. Actually, let's listen to some clips from him. Um, let's, let's. The, this whole idea, you know, it just seems to me like Khan, and actually I told you that I would read this to you. So, you know, Khan keeps, actually, you know, uh, Dr. Michael Brown, who we've had on this show before, good, you know, he's a brother in the Lord. I, I count him as a brother. He got very offended that people were now uh, calling out Jonathan Khan, and I don't understand why everybody's so mad at Khan. He's such a good brother in the Lord. I'm not saying that that Khan's not doesn't have good intentions. What I'm saying is that he's wrong, and not only is he wrong, but he's leading people astray. And this is what I've been saying the whole time. Now they're coming out with a movie called The Harbinger Man. Uh, I I put a, a YouTube link in there for those who would like to see the trailer. It's done by uh, WND is who's making this, I believe. Uh, so at, thir- at 53 seconds... I think Chuck Missler's looped in with that guy. That would not surprise me. Okay, so at 53 seconds, words start coming up on the screen. It says, learn how his ministry was anointed. Okay, then they make this. They say, th- then they say this in, in this uh, video, The Harbinger Man. Okay, this is about Jonathan Kahn. It says this on the screen. It says, if there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, shall make myself known to him. In a vision, I shall speak with him in a dream. Numbers twelve sixteen. Khan heralds the final warning to reach India, Africa, South America, the Harbinger Man. So it seems to me, now I could be wrong, but it seems to me that what they're saying there is that Khan is a prophet. If there's a prophet among you, I, t- uh, I the Lord, shall make myself known to him. In a vision, I shall speak with him. In a dream. And then it says, Khan heralds the, heralds the final warning. This is like Schneerson, you know, people calling Schneerson the Messiah and him not denying it. Dude, if somebody was like, Caleb Hegg's a prophet, I'd be like, what? No, I am not a prophet. But Khan doesn't do that. And that's what's really disturbing. Right here, like a laser beam. Rob, like a laser beam. I see what you're doing. I'm a, I'm about to kick him out of the the chat room. Okay, okay. Hands are off. Hands are off the keyboard. Let the people in the chat room chat among themselves. Stay out of it. I love it. I wish people who could like who aren't with us live could have that extra feature where they could watch the stream of text, like so they could they could see what we're what we're interacting with. That would be fun. Okay. Uh, anyway, okay. Okay. Right here. I want you to listen to this now. Go. Like a laser beam. Okay. Yes. You got go. that from MedVid. Of course I got it from MedVid. Okay. <clears throat> Pardon me. So everyone knows who ba- Zach Bauer is, or they should, right? Do you know who Zach Bauer is? Zach. Zach Bauer. Oh, no. Who's that? Zach Bauer is new to Torah. We did a whole show 
we took clips from him and his uh, nine, six nails in the coffin for why uh, Yeshua did not celebrate a uh, a Passover festival, and we responded oh. to him with uh, with my we, father. We helped him take those nails out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't think he saw it like that, but that's okay. Um, so Zach just posted a new video, I think last night, maybe today. I got a hold of it on Facebook, and I have now pulled a significant amount of different uh, clips from this. Listen to what – now, I should preface this. I think that Zach is a, a nice guy, loves the Lord, obviously loves the Lord. He, you know, he doesn't claim to be a scholar of any kind. In fact, I think, I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure that Zach actually owns a winery. Cool. I could be wrong. Uh, but I know people who know Zach personally, and so I have no ill feelings towards Zach. I think he's wrong on this for sure. Um, but let's listen to this. And maybe I shouldn't say he's wrong on this. I think that he's, well, yeah, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, we'll talk about it. Listen to his first. This is the first clip I pulled from him. It's a long one. It's two minutes and forty nine seconds long. Here we go. It's September twenty third right now. I'm recording this right now. It'll probably get uploaded by tonight, and it'll be September twenty fourth. And you know, there's all kinds of people out there saying, "Oh, the doom and gloom. Where's the doom and gloom? It didn't happen." And all these people who are saying all this stuff about September twenty third, it's not going to happen. And so, you know, a bunch of false prophets and blah 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 and. You know, so every time people come around, no matter what date is given, people, you know, are are just waiting in the wings to jump on those folks who speculated that something might happen on a certain date, and you know, they they gleefully show everyone how wrong these other people were, and you know, I've seen this enough, and I've been on both sides of this now over the years, and I've learned it's not good to predict anything. But at the same time, there are people out there right now at, on September 24th saying nothing happened. There's nothing to see here. See, you guys were wrong again. And if you're one of those guys who are saying that, you are insane. You are completely nuts. <laughs> I just, if you look around at the world today and go, see, you're, everything's fine, nothing to see here, then you are, you are just asleep at the wheel. You're completely blind. And I'm going to take it to some scripture here, so I just want to show you just how wrong you all are. Okay, hang on. Before we go to the scripture, I just want to say, I oh, did I want to hear it. I know. I did cut this, though. He actually gives, oh. and the cut that I made is actually going to be somewhat important to know about later. He talks about an analogy of when you, when you try to boil a f- frog, you don't just put a frog into boiling water because he'll jump right out. What you do is you put the frog in the, in the cold water to, and heat it up until it's boiling, and that's how you boil a frog. And so he's going to, yeah, anyway, so that's his analogy that I left out. Sure, sure. The world right now, folks, is on fire. Let's take a look at some things. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24 begins like this. We're going to go at the, to the third verse, start with the third verse. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? And Yeshua answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. First of all, let me just go ahead and go back and say, they came to him, these, these disciples came to him, and he says, what shall be the sign? What, tell me of when the end of the world is, is going to happen. Because they, they, it says, you know, we want a sign. Show us when we know. And Yeshua answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall, and shall deceive many. And that is where we're living at right now. 
many shall come in my name, saying that I am in fact the Messiah, saying Yeshua, Jesus, is the Messiah, and they will deceive many. Okay, they're not saying, I always grew up thinking in the Baptist church that these were people that said, I am the Messiah, and they'll deceive many. But there's only a handful of wackos out there who say that they're, the Je they're Jesus, and they don't have that many people following them. This says that many will come, saying, I am the Messiah, saying he is, in fact, Jesus is the Messiah, and oh will deceive them. Okay, so, I, I don't know what happened to your audio just now, but you just got super loud. Say something, Rob. Check. Okay. Anyway, so um, I find this interesting that he says, okay, we're in the end times, and he's basing it on this passage. But then he says, oh, well, we don't see, you know, I used to think that it was people calling themselves the Messiah, but that's not happening right now. So it must not be. Well, maybe it's just that you're mistaken and we're not in the time that you're saying that we're in. Maybe the reason that we don't see what's going on in this in this prophecy is because we're not in those times yet. I don't understand how he's twisted this piece of scripture. Well, first of all, he doesn't read Greek. The Greek doesn't permit it to mean what he's... Exactly. It's a quotation. Yeah. People are saying, quote, I am the Messiah, end quote, and will lead many astray by that because people are going to follow that person believing that person's the Messiah. We have a history of people claiming they're the Messiah, both uh, in in Judaism, there are people that thought they were the Messiah. Oh yeah, yeah. So this is one of the things. This this person is misinformed. Of whoever this. Yeah, uh, he's definitely Zach is definitely taking this piece of scripture and and melding molding it to what he in terms of this one specific phrase. He's saying, oh no, it means that that they're going to come preaching Yeshua and we're but they're going to be false teachers. Well, first of all, you got a bunch of people right now in the Messianic movement saying that that uh, giving all these end time prophecies or their predictions, whatever you want to say, for the end time prophecies, and people are following them like mad. Yet Bauer doesn't have anything to say about that. Yeah. And second of all, he's totally twisted this scripture to to say something that it doesn't say, and he's done that because he wants it to to appear that we're in those times. So apparently, according to Zach, you're right. It is it is like the 24 guy, isn't it? Zach Bauer, one man, one desire. Okay, anyway, um, so, you know, so he thinks that that anyone who's, who is downing these people who have made these predictions is, needs to wake up. That's basically what Zach is telling us. Okay, now he... Okay, but the world... The world no one's saying there's nothing to see here, but the nothing to see here is much broader and wider than these people calling out dates. And that's the point. Yeah. You, the hit, point the is, you, you hit the nail right on the, the head. Dates is like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. It's crazy. There's no, no one's arguing about that. He's, he's creating a straw man to knock it down or something. I don't know what, I don't understand why. Well, that's just it. it you know, Khan, Khan says it's the 13th. All these other people are saying it was the 23rd. And what did they say? They said the stock market was going to crash or, you know, oh, all these. We uh, still have the fourth blood moon to come. That's true. We could all go down then. So maybe, maybe we need to wait, Caleb. Well, listen to this because it gets even better with Zach here. Uh, I pulled a lot of clips from, from this 16-minute uh, video of his. Listen to this one. Here we go. 
and so you have you have Syria that's in, that's going crazy right now. There's it's being, there's uh, war stuff going on in the Balkans. There's uh, Russia is basically in a proxy war with the United States in a number of places. Um, you have uh, China and Japan that are busting heads right now. You have all you have the, the Koreas that are always going at it. You have the Falklands down in South America that's kind of going at it with with Britain. It's kind of quieted down, but it's still you know pretty hot. And then you have all kinds of other places right now that are just you know fit to be tied with people fighting each other. Wars and rumors of wars. I can't imagine another point in time of history where you have seen as much conflict besides something like World War One and World War Two, which only lasted for a number of years. But this is ongoing. It has been ongoing for the last couple of decades. Okay, hang on just a sec. I'm stopping this clip early because i got to say, say this. If that's what Zach believes, that you haven't had ongoing strife, okay, then uh, he needs to take a history lesson. I'm sorry to put it that way. I'm sorry to be so harsh, but you've got to get some history on your your belt, Zach. Uh, the Crusades. <laughs> if you compare all the all the deaths under Nazism and the pe- and uh, fascist fa- well, he's fascism saying- in the early twenty in the early twentieth century versus all the deaths since then, I think the number's gone way down. Well, not only that, but he's totally negating. A significant amount of history. Constantine, the Peasants' War. Uh, I mean, the, the list just goes on and on and on and on and on. There's all these different wars that have gone on for long, drawn-out periods of time. During the Reformation, I mean, you know, Luther had to go in. And the Peasant War lasted for how long? Was it like 10 years? Longer? I think it was longer. I mean... It, Come on, to say that we haven't had any any uh, any wars like this or any rumors of war like this in history is simply to not know any history. It's just not true. It's crazy right now. Wars and rumor of wars. This is the time we're living in. Let's keep going. I bet people. Have- okay, I bet people read that in World War One. People read that in World War Two. That's the point. And applied it to their time. Look, and I think generally we need to be aware that this is the world is getting. Uh, I mean, the world needs redemption. There's no question about that. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you a little story. I'm uh, I'm up in Kelowna, okay, BC, sitting around a a nice little evening. Uh, you know, the sun's setting. There's probably about twenty people sitting around. Okay, we're eating some. I don't know some refreshments. And this lady says, "Oh man, this is a couple years ago." She says, "Oh man." It's happening. I mean, it, you know, the Messiah is coming back any day now. <clears throat> and I said, now I've never said this on the on, on the radio show before, but I'm, I'll step out there. And I'm prepared for the tomatoes to be thrown. But I said, I don't think we're in the end times. And you would have thought from everyone around us, their, the look on their face, you would have thought that I slapped a grandmother in the face. I mean, they were mortified. Rob, right here, laser beam, dude. Laser beam. These people just could not, could not believe that I would say such a thing. And then she said, well, look, what are you talking about? Look at what's going on around us, all the wars and everything like that. I said exactly what you just said. I said, you know what? The people in World War II when the Nazis were exterminating the Jews, what did the Jews think? This is it. 
God's people are being exterminated. That's what the uh, that's where like uh, the whole a lot of Jewish mysticism and well the Shabbatite Svi thing out of in the that was all after the expulsion from Spain of the Sephardim in a, a hundred years of brewing and trying to figure out where's what's what are we Jews to do? That's where you had this fostering of all these messianic. It's not just the, it's not just it's not just World War II though, and it's not just Shabbatai Zavi. I mean, look at the Reformation. Luther wrote his book against the Jews. Why? Because the Jews wouldn't turn to the Messiah, which and Luther was convinced that they were in the end times and that the Jews would turn to the Messiah. And when it didn't happen, what did Luther do? He said the Jews aren't the people anymore. God's made the Christian church the people because we've turned and now we're going to be saved. What happened in in the first in the second century rather? With uh, with the Messiah who the quote unquote Messiah who rose up right, and Akiva followed what's his name, yeah Bar Kokhba Bar Kokhba What did they say about that? About it then? Our people are being exterminated. How we about need the back Messiah. to verse four? The f- verse four of Matthew twenty four. Yeshua answered them, "See that no one leads you astray." Period. Yeah. Okay, that's what we need to attend to. The end is not yet. So, these are the beginning of the birth pains, he says in verse 8. Hang on. So, what do we, what, how do we, he's going to get to it. We, how do we make sure, how do we obey Yeshua here to, to see that no one misleads us? It seems like if I, fall, if I jumped into the Jonathan Kahn train or the Chuck Missler train or the, the Michael Rood train or the, uh, the Jim Staley train or the, who are some of these other guys? Uh, Monte Judah train, man. Those, I, I mean, those are like roller coaster rides for the people that are all on fire for those people. And it's like I would, I if if I had to read this verse, see to it that no one misleads you. I would have to go back and go, wow, I think I was misled. I think I was misled. I don't think God wants me riding a roller coaster of emotion that exhausts my capacity to. Be calm and actually take a, a, a patient discipleship approach where I study the scriptures and it's just, you know, understand history and grammatical context and, and grow in wisdom. It's all this excitement that people jump on these bandwagons that we're, I think Yeshua is warning us against. That's my two cents. I know I'm going to get tons of emails about me not believing that we're in the end times. I'm not saying that we couldn't be in the end times. I'm just saying that people have thought that for forever. And we just don't see, you know, uh, we don't see the prophecies. I don't see the prophecies being fulfilled in the way that the end times says it's going to be fulfilled. Verse 11, Matthew 20, many false prophets will arise and mislead many. Well, who are these people that are believing the false prophets? It's people that... Are, they're looking, they have itchy ears. Somehow yeah. a prophet is tying things into probably some kind of scriptural passage or, you know, something that sounds appealing and it sounds legit. And so they're obviously, de- and these false prophets are obviously deceiving people. It's not like people are like, oh, savvy. Yeah, like, uh, anyway, let's keep going with this. Hang on. Let's be those who it's endure n- to the end. Verse 13. No, Amen. No doubt. Hang on and kingdom against kingdom there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places 
Okay, so nation shall rise against nation. We have all these countries out there who are fighting against each other and having parts, even in the European Union right now. A World War One, World War Two. I'm just saying. All these nations who are fighting against each other and arguing with each other how to deal with the refugee crisis and how to deal with the economy because the European economy is in the toilet, folks. And you have uh, famines. It was exactly. Well, you know, I don't have famines. There's no famines here. Are you kidding? If if we didn't have the infrastructure in this country to be able to move food the way we do, people in California right now on the West Coast would be starving to death. Okay, so whatever. You can bring up California. I think that that was probably the worst analogy you could bring up in terms of famine in this world right now. Uh, go, Zach could have pointed towards Chile. He could have pointed, uh, pointed towards different parts of Africa right now where there is actual famine going on. And I'm not saying that uh, you know the people in, in California wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be at hard times if we didn't have an infrastructure in this, in this uh, United States. But there's lots of places like that. Uh, you know, people are fat and having their fat sucked out of them down in California. I don't think that, uh, you know, famine is really what we need to be calling uh, California right now. Look at some of the places in the world that actually do have famine. Neither here nor there. We, we have people trying to get into America yeah. from where they live. So maybe you could say there's a famine of but they, humanity. But, but there has place. been famine. I mean, there has been famine in the, in the world pretty much ongoing in different places of the world since the Messiah was here. You know, people died on the side of the road during the Great Depression. You can see pictures of it. Why? Because people didn't have food. And you're telling me that it's worse now? That people are dying on the side of the road in California? Okay. Anyway, uh, so let's move on to pestilence. I, I love this one. This is one he brings up. Let's l listen to pestilence here. And famines and pestilences. What's pestilence? It's disease. Look around at our country, the country we live in. This country is inundated with disease. We are so, we are so full of cancers and heart disease and, and stroke. I mean, there's so many, you know, diabetes. We, are, we have disease and pestilence going on like crazy in this nation. I'm not trying to do fear porn, folks. I'm not trying to sell fear and promote fear, but this is the time we're living in. Pestilence is everywhere. And if you can't see it, it's because you're the frog in the pot. Okay, so first of all, he goes on he goes on to talk about how Europe also has all these diseases and everything like that. Um I, I, I'm failing to see how we are better uh, how we are worse off now than when the Black Plague was running rampant. You know how many people died because of the Black Plague? You know how many people died in the eighteen hundreds as opposed to now? In the United States. I mean, I'm not saying that there's not disease. I'm not saying that there isn't cancer. I'm not saying that AIDS is an, an epidemic in the United States and the world, for that matter, Africa. I'm not saying that we don't have those things going on. Modern medicine has done wonderful things for us, though, first of all. And second of all, compared to other times of our history in the world, pestilence is not what it used to be. Am I wrong? Rob, I mean, have I lost it here? Caleb, whether you've lost it or not, that we're still tallying votes on that. Uh. <laughs> okay, he talks about earthquakes. Okay, is there, do we have to listen to more of his stuff? <laughs> I mean, what, what else does... I mean, what... 
Okay. Is the point made? Have we made the point? Here's, or the, is here's his more? point. Here's his point. Here's okay. his point. Yeah, let's hear his point. Beginning. If you're out there and you're telling people that nothing's happening, that nothing's going on, this, you're, you're, just, you're just blowing things out of proportion or see the world didn't end, blah, 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 and you're making fun of these people who are paying attention to what's going on and, and, and they're keeping watch just like our Messiah said to do, then you're in the wrong. And I'm going to tell you that you're the frog in the pot. You're the frog in the pot. If you can't look around at the world today and go, oh my gosh, the world is on fire, you're the frog in the pot. You you are too worldly. You are you are ah, not there paying it is. attention. We are too worldly. We are too worldly. Well, we're not, but we don't fall into the category of what he's saying. He's saying everything's. If if you're does looking around believe, saying everything's but, okay, but nothing does, to see. But does any believer has any believer said that right now? Has any believer? Well, that's what I mean. He's making a straw man. He's he's just he, he built a straw man of this quote Christian believer who's saying the world is <laughs> fine and dandy. And he wants to, you know, tell no, that what person we're saying that is too that, much in the world. What we're saying, I don't is know that, if that person exists. Does he know one? You know, is there one person who ascribes to what he's criticizing? I mean, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is people like Jonathan Kahn who are saying that the world's going to blow up essentially on the thirteenth of September. Yeah, I think he's. I think this whoever this guy is, he shouldn't be defending. Well, he's not naming people. <laughs> I noticed that. I don't think he does. At least in the clips. Um, but yeah, you know, those, the people who are out there sensationalizing the word of God, they should be called out. They should be called out. That's, that's like the, the Monte Judas of the world and the Michael Rudes and all these guys that have, yeah, they need to be called out because scripture Torah teaches about false prophets. Okay. So, and then Yeshua warns us about false prophets and we know that they're a false prophet if they get everybody riled up about something is going to happen and then it doesn't happen. Okay, so check this out. So this is now now he he asks a good question at the end and he answers it. The question is what can we do? Okay. This is only 25 seconds long. Listen to this. What can we do right now? What I think we should be doing is getting our families ready, uh, trying to prepare and so we can keep our families and uh, people whom we love safe. And at the same time be telling others about the good news of our Messiah. The good news, the gospel, is and has always been that anyone can be grafted into the kingdom. Our Messiah is coming back soon, and he's bringing his kingdom with him. Okay, totally agree. But here's the thing. When in history should believers have not done that? They should always. You should always do that. It has nothing to do with the end of the world coming. It has nothing to do with the times that we're in. It has to do with the fact that we should be giving the gospel to other people all the time. And there shouldn't be a difference whether he's coming back tomorrow or a thousand years from now. Exactly. Our behavior should not uh, be a response to what's going on in the world. Our behavior should be a response of obedience to his command. It's It's not that I gauge the world. I do the lick my tongue and stick my finger up in the, or no, what do you call it? You know, do the test the wind kind of thing, see where the wind is, and then and then figure out. But that's no, we've got to follow the... That's the point, though, is that I don't, you know, he says, oh, we, you know, you shouldn't be coming down hard on these guys. What these, what these guys who are locking in dates are doing is making people in a frenzy. And it's taking the focus off of giving... The, I think it's gospel. a stumbling block. It is a stumbling believers, block. It's a stumbling block. I, it was for me. When, when, you know, I've, I've seen it. People, 
it can be a real stumbling block for a believer to jump on bandwagon with some teacher who they think is preaching the end of times. Hey, I, that's me in the 90s. I was all about Chuck Missler and then this other guy, I won't mention a name, and Michael Rood, and then I saw other people more just go really going in full bore. It was the same message this guy's saying now. That was, what, 15, 16 years ago or now? Um, and I look back and I'm like, man, whoa. Okay, maybe that's about, maybe Yeshua's words about uh, don't let anybody deceive you means don't let that happen again to me. You know, know the word better. But, yeah, my readiness is not based on some anxiety some guys out there well, selling. It seems you know. like Zach is trying to cover his, himself by saying, oh, and, you know, we're not just trying to scare people. But you are scaring people. Let prophecies- but he, he also said somewhere about, like, he used to be on both sides. Like, in other words, did he prophesy dates at one time? No, I think... If they, so... No, he didn't, he didn't prophesy dates, but I think that he believed, maybe. But uh, the point here is yeah. this. Prophecy is given to us so that we know when things are happening to stay faithful to God. It doesn't, it's not given to us so that we know what's, that, you know, oh, this is going to happen on this date. That's not what's going on. And to be honest with you, I think it is, it's not only a distraction, but I think it's wrong to come out and try to scare people into saying, oh, this is going to happen on this date, or oh, you shouldn't be throwing these people under the bus even though they were wrong about this. Yes, we should. We totally should. I got so upset this last week. There's just so many ignorant people on Facebook. It's it's it it hurts. There's so many ignorant people, uh, and it just really upset me. It got me really really mad. Um, yeah, there was a there was a couple of things that happened. One of them was this though, and uh, you know, I'm going to respond to this just because there were uh, this person commented like five times on our video about Monty Judah. And how Monty Judah is a false prophet. This guy's name is Chris. He, J. Chris. He, uh, he was very upset that we would call Monty Judah a false prophet. I deleted all of his comments because I just, they, it was so, it, uh, I, don't, I don't even know what to say without being extremely rude. Um, this is one of his comments though. And I want to respond to this. Quote. Nobody but you are claiming he, that is Monty Judah, is a, is a prophet, Caleb. Have you ever met him? Nobody is following this brother. You, claim, you are claiming something that just is not claimed. You're not hearing, I, he, I, I, I don't know, he, he's, his grammar is a little interesting. You're not hearing, I submit. You are judging a brother that comes only to teach. We must do what he says, I think. Your heart is so cold in this, it hurts. He is just another man like you and and many others making mistakes, but he does only what, uh, but he does only want others to follow Torah, the word from mouth of yod heh Okay. I'm sorry. That is absolutely wrong. <laughs> you, nothing could be further from the truth. I'm not judging Monty Jude on whether or not he's saved or not. That's not the point. The point is that the Torah gives us clear and specific instructions on how to deal with false prophets. We're not to listen to them. We're not to fear them. Okay. In fact, what we're supposed to do is stone them. But uh, obviously we can't do that in, in this day and age right now. Um, he says, nobody is claiming, nobody but you is claiming that Monty Judah is a false prophet. Or I'm sorry, is a prophet. 
Okay, so let's now move to uh, to Monty Judah's newsletter of 1996. Yavo Yavo newsletter, February 1996. Quote, this is from Monty Judah's own hand. Quote, after the Lord instructed me to do so, I declared that the Middle East Peace Accord of 1993 started the 70th week of Israel. So he's saying that the Lord told him to tell everyone this. That's a prophecy. That's called prophesying. Therefore, I'm warning others to look for specific events to occur in 1996 and 1997, consistent with the timeline and the center and the center event of the seven-year period of the abomination of desolation. To that end, I am preparing and warning others that the great tribulation spoken of by Daniel and Yeshua will begin February or March of 1997. These dates were set by God when he started the 70th week. That's a prophecy. Wow. Because I teach people to look for specific things, I am criticized as a date setter. But in defense of the argument, I remind people that I didn't make the Middle East Peace Accord of 1993 happen, nor did I select the Feast of Booths by the mouth of Zechariah. I'm still quoting him here. I am drawing a conclusion based on scriptural understanding. Further, I have openly called all men to examine my words and scrutinize them. If what I say does not happen then brand me as a false prophet. In other words, he's prophesying. Listen to me no more and heap the ridicule on me. Prevent others from making the same mistake. I would remind you, in accordance with the scripture, not to despise a prophetic utterance until it has been proven false. So right there, he claims that he's making a prophetic utterance. Wow. The irony, I'm going to go on. The irony of this whole situation is stunning. I call for the testing of all prophets. Once again, calling himself a prophet. I've made my message and it, and its measurement clear. If the altar is not st- stopped in February, March of 1997 in Jerusalem, then throw me on the trash heap. But if the altar service is stopped on uh, three and a half years after the peace agreement, will you then trust God to deliver you? Will you believe the other prophecies that follow? Will you believe the other prophecies that follow? In other words, this is a prophecy. I'm sorry, Chris. You're wrong. Monty Judah has called himself a prophet. He said that he prophesied. And beyond that, he said that if it doesn't come true, that we're supposed to tell everyone not to listen to him because he's a false prophet. So don't give me this, that he doesn't call himself a a prophet or that he's teaching the word of God. He's a false prophet. He needs to not be listened to. And I'm going to follow Torah and do what Torah tells me to do instead of some guy who comes along 25 years later and says that Monty Judas is a good guy. You can, I mean, you can say whatever you want about me and how cold my heart is. You're following a false prophet. And if people don't understand that, okay, I'm calling him out. That's, that's all there is to it. You can think I'm cold about it, but you know what? He's a false prophet. Right? That's, that's, those were really bold words, man. <laughs> I'm just like, wow. It, what? And he, he even said, throw me under the bus. Yeah, don't let he, anybody he, listen he, to me. He said, heap ridicule upon me if I'm wrong. And the point is, is that it doesn't matter. I mean, you got these guys coming along like Chris who's standing. Oh, have you ever met him? Oh, he's such a good guy. 
Oh, it he doesn't. He wants to teach God. Yeah, yeah he's, he's just teaching us Torah, man. So who's, if that's the case, if he's just a good Torah teacher, then who's Yeshua talking about that we need to be not be led astray and that we have to beware of false prophets? Who's the false prophet then? If it's not people coming in and leading people astray like this and making these predictions and stuff, if, if he's not a false prophet, then who is? What, what do we look for as a false prophet if it's not what you just described? That, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it either. The answer is none. <laughs> none more. I, got, I, I pulled a sound clip. I pulled a cl- sound clip. Okay, yeah, we need, we need to lighten the, the movie. And here, here you go. go. If, if, you are, uh, if you want to give an end time prediction, if you want to set a date. Stop it! <laughs> Just stop it. <laughs> All right. Should we uh, go out on a light note? Let's see here. Um... And now join Rob and Caleb as they open their little book to find wisdom from Joel. <laughs> All right. You ready? You ready to go? Here we go. Today, we'll be reading from Become a Better You by Joel Austin. (laughs) Page 96. If your conscience is clear, life is good. Quick thoughts brought to you by Joel Joel Austin. Oh, perfect. If your conscience is clear... Life is good. You know, when you hold it up, when you hold it up to the, I know nobody can see it right now because it's not on YouTube yet. But when you hold it up to the camera like that, it actually looks like a normal sized book. If it weren't for your massive fingers, (laughs) Uh, it's a uh, wee little book. It's a wee little book. It's a wee little book with wee little words and letters. Everything changes. I feel like we haven't played any uh, uh, sound clips today. We're pretty much done. So. I think that was a that's a paraphrase of scripture, isn't it? If your conscience is clear, life is good. I don't know. I, there's something I, we need. We need Gary here. There's something in scripture that talks about that. Read your Bible as interpreted by experts. Okay, let's uh, let's end it up then. It's been a, we've been a, this is a shorter show than normal. Uh, we've only been on air for an hour. Right. Anything, any parting we've words? All, we've only had food in our systems for what? <laughs> 20, uh, less than 20, like 15 hours, mm-hmm. maybe 10 hours. I don't know. What, so we, I got I to gotta go oh, no, build my suka. No I, more than that. I got to go build my suka. Oh, man, I got to go to my dad's house and borrow his power drill. <laughs> I got to, I, I have a design. I'm not sure if I'm going big or little this year yet. I've got all the, I, I just got to build it. Yep, exactly. All right. Ow. You know? Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been fun. We uh, will be back to our normal time next next week. Hey, I looked on XM Radio, on Sirius XM Radio, what it would take for us to get a, uh, a, a an actual channel to make Torah Resource Radio a channel there. We need like 500,000 listeners. So tell your friends. Tell your friends to listen. <laughs> uh, get to our resource radio on Sirius, right? Uh, anyway, uh, join us next week. We don't know what we're going to talk about. We'll talk about something. 
And, uh, yeah. Uh, send us emails. Radio. Uh, actually, seahag at torresource.com or vanhoff at torresource.com. Uh, we will try to glorify our great God and Savior, Yeshua, the Messiah.